Are we live? I guess we're live and it didn't show me live. Hello and welcome to Community Manager Live. Uh, there, we just had a little hiccup getting started. It was funny. Uh, you didn't see it happen, but we did. So hello and welcome, everybody. Um, uh, just in the abundance of time, and I know everybody hates long intros, today we're going to be talking about dealing with burnout as a community professional. Notice I didn't say community manager because I wrote a massive blog post over on Substack that I'm not going to link to, but we'll tweet out about it sometime later today. Probably it went out in the next five minutes. It's scheduled where I talk about it's time to get rid of community manager and embrace community professional. So that's out there. So dealing with burnout as a community professional, uh, I'm just going to kind of go around the horn. Usually I have people introduce yourself, but we've shortened the show to 30 minutes. So Carolyn Zick with Bad Axe Enterprises. Hello and welcome. Chris Dietzel, community, Director of Community Engagement at... LTO. That's it. And it's Detzel like pretzel, but did I say Dietzel? I did. I'm so sorry. No um, I know it's Detzel. We've talked about it a million times, right? Uh, I'm not even going to try Jillian's last name because I don't want to embarrass myself or her. Uh, and she's the director of community at Zapier, which if you don't know about Zapier, where have you been living for the past five years? And Samantha Vinia Logan, uh, who is the, uh, what do we call you? What do we call you? We call you the the community scientist, don't we? Yeah, there's there's recently been a war, but I think Pablo's is winning out. <laughs> yeah. So you can find her at sociallyconstructed.online. Um, at the end of the show, I'll let them all talk to you and tell you where you can connect with them. Uh, let me pull up our questions for the day. Uh, first up is, uh, can you tell us about an experience? Let me move this over here so it looks at the camera and not look off to the side. Can you tell us about your experience with burnout in a community management role and community professional role and how you overcame it? I can actually talk to this one. Last year, I went through the worst case of burnout like midsummer, and I just felt like I couldn't get anything organized, couldn't get anything done. It wasn't that I couldn't. It was just that it felt like I could never get my hands around it all. And uh, I talked to my boss and, and I'm one of those people that, you know, came out of the generation that you work until you die. And so I don't ever take vacations and stuff. Um, I've, I've since, uh, you know, this past year had a, uh, an awakening of the realities of my age when I had a stroke and I'm slowing down a whole lot more than I used to and taking breaks like I should, but I did. I literally went to him and said, I need, I need a week off. I just need a week off to kind of decompress, regroup. And that week off just got me back into the game. I did nothing. I played some video games. I worked in the yard. I ate junk food. I mean, it was just, that's probably why I had the stroke now that I think about it. Um, <laughs> hindsight, right? Uh, so so <laughs> there we go. Uh, we've got somebody else here on screen. Hello, Deb Shell. I don't see your camera, uh, but you're coming. There she is. There Deb Shell from Findcom here. Um, Hi. So I was just talking about my experience with burnout. Uh, Deb is, her whole career is about that. Deb Shell, find calm here. You know, she's got some expertise on this. So I will stop rambling like I have for the past five minutes and turn it over to you. Do you guys have any experience with burnout when in your role and, and how did you overcome it? Are you dealing with it now? Um, did you never overcome it? I hope that's not the case. But Today, what about I mean, today? who has it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody's dealt with burnout. I think we all deal with it a little bit differently. We all have our own unique little ways of maneuvering it, right? But um, 
I think it's uh, more about managing and trying to eliminate <laughs> the burnout is what I try to do is like, how, what can we eliminate um, and reduce? And typically how I work with clients is helping them. And this is because I started with myself in this process of um, prioritization and values and setting the stage for what's important, what needs to happen today and what doesn't. What can I put on tomorrow's list? Or one of my clients said a really cool thing. What can I put on the shelf for later? So that's good. I, uh, one of my biggest experiences uh, with burnout was due to COVID. And um, it was at the helm of one of my most impressive resume feats. And at the same time, it was the moment I was feeling the most imposter syndrome that I've had. Um, and I was working at this company called Keystone Symposium uh, for molecular and cellular biology. And basically what they did was they created 65 full physical events all over the world for peer review sciences. And we worked with WHO and Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation it was high profile. Um, and before COVID had happened, they brought me on to quote unquote, revolutionize their marketing. Uh, and I focused primarily on a community uh, area and then COVID hit and their primary biological sciences conference about peer review and COVID happened. And my team and I were given a challenge of taking all 65 of those physical events, converting them to be COVID viable, um, running them virtually and online, and then launching it in a period of nine months. And we did it. And our team was super stoked, super excited. It cost a lot of money, but it, it was successful. And I felt the whole time like doing that in nine months burnout was a guarantee. Our entire team was feeling it constantly. And I've noticed that in a lot of cases, you can absolutely adore and love the work, but the you stress and the imposter syndrome tend to mix to create very bad juju. And at that point, I just, I had to leave. It didn't matter how much I loved what I was doing or how much I cared about the community. I had to leave. Yeah, I've, de I've definitely experienced that too. And, and like, you know, it's funny, I, I was, I was thinking today, like, as I was thinking about the session, I was like, do I admit that I am actually so in the middle of burnout right now? Like, and it's funny because like, I, I don't, I don't tell people that so that now I'm telling the entire internet, hi, internet, I'm burned out. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's interesting because in my situation, um, like I'm actually very introverted. Um, and what has actually put me over the edge is not the community work. Like I'm fine with that. You can send trolls my way. I'm great with trolls. Um, you know, you can send me all the projects, but it's actually um, management. Being a people manager um, is something that has actually just completely, it's eaten me away like to the core, um, which is really interesting because it's not one of those things where you can put it on a shelf. You can't put it off till tomorrow it's your job to actually make sure that your team isn't burning out. Uh, and that's been really interesting to try to rationalize, you know, helping myself not burn out while also being responsible for making sure that, you know, eight people don't burn out. Um, and I've gone through burnout a few times, but this is, this is definitely the worst of all of them so far. So 
anyone else is watching this going, oh gosh, everyone else is made through. What's wrong with me? Oh no, I'm I'm right there with you. Don't worry. Sorry to hear that, <laughs> Jillian. Yeah, yeah. Let us yeah, know right. if we can help. Yeah, it's a tough, yeah. tough spot to be in. But just to say that when I was saying, no, everything can't always be put on a shelf, right? When I what I meant by that statement was just saying that sometimes we can we we typically as entrepreneurs, well, I'm an entrepreneur. And so entrepreneurs tend to like say, oh, we can do all the things and then realize we can't do all the things. And in and when I was in corporate life, same thing, like I would say, oh, I can do all these things and then realize that's not going to be realistic. And I find times corporate, they set these unrealistic expectations. And it's really these uncomfortable conversations that we have to be bold enough and brave enough to have with people to say, this is actually unrealistic. Uh, here's what's realistic. Here's what we have, we can do. And uh, if you want us to do those other things, here's what we need to be able to do those, whether it's more time, whether it's more resources or allocating more staff, here's what we need to do. And I think that the more we get uh, as, you know, community builders, uh, you know, in your role and, and other people can stand up to, to just, you know, sometimes it's hard to say those things. There's consequences, obviously not everybody can be in a place to do that, but if it's a potentially a possible thing to have those conversations somewhere with someone, um, even if it's, you know, with internally somewhere with teams, maybe not leadership, but somewhere internally, I think that that helps it at least this is so, going to lead to you leaving staff behind just like if you keep doing this to your staff yeah. they're going to leave <laughs> right right yeah I, I think i think that look i think we've all done been burnt out um there's a lot of things for me that i try to do and to to kind of alleviate some of that one is you have to have those conversations with your boss to some degree right i mean you just really need to be open uh, and maybe they'll have some suggestions. Say, hey, look, doing all these things. I, I recently have done that. Look, you know, I own our community. I own, own our customer advisory board. I own our big event that we're doing and so on and so on. And so, you know, I'm one person, you know, I can't build a content strategy and engagement strategy and work with executives and do all these things, you know, and so that will lead to burnout, you know, and so what do you do? You, you, you can't just let it go, you know, you can't put, it's not as easy to, to say, I'm going to put that on the shelf, but there has, something's going to be like, oh, because I can't be good at everything. You know, I just can't. Yeah. So one is having that conversation with your boss. Two is, um, you know, we all have a personal life, or I would hope most of us have personal lives. And what I do is, um, and, and it really helps, is, is try to exercise and try to eat properly. You know, these are basic things that we, you know, uh, should be doing anyways, but sometimes we don't because, you know, First thing I sometimes do is get on the computer at 6 a.m. because I need to do this email or I need to, I saw this thing on my phone, so I'm getting on my computer and doing all these things. And no, how about go for a 30 minute walk, run, jog, bike ride, I don't know, whatever. You know, and, and so I try to do the best I can around that. You know, I start scheduling, like I like to do half marathons and 5Ks or whatever. So this next weekend I'm doing a half marathon, you know, and even if I don't do it as fast or whatever, I'm not thinking about work. <laughs> I could promise you not maybe at first, you know, and so I would just say one from a business standpoint, you've got to, you've got to talk to your boss about it and just be upfront to some degree. Right. You know, and, 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 and then making an action plan to say, Hey, look, you know, uh, I've got these four things. I just told you what they are. What am I not, what can I not do? What is not 
as important to do because I'm burnt out or whatever, right? Or, you know, in Jillian's case, I mean, look, you have employees, so, you know, probably just going to get burnt out because you're very, you know, uh, you're not an outwardly kind of person, like you said, right? You know, but you, how, you need probably some kind of train, not to train in everything, you know? And so I just, for me, it's exercise. It's talking to my boss, being up front. And I'm not saying that solves the problem because it might or might not, you know what I mean? But at least you've talked to them. And then last thing is, is, I mean, maybe you leave, <laughs> you know, like, but I, you know, um, you're just going to get burned out somewhere else. Right. So anyways. Right. Yeah. Cool. I'd like to, I'd like to touch on one of your points um, about figuring out what's not important and setting it aside or, and Deb kind of brought this up earlier about like putting it on the shelf as well. One of the things that I realized was going to help me with Keystone Symposia limp to that finish line, right? Like we had 65 physical events. I couldn't leave until those events had been converted to virtual. I had to see this through. And that burnout had happened like a good six months in, I had to limp through. And I actually found that doing the opposite was the easiest way for me to manage it. Because when, when the important things are coming up all of the time, but they don't make your heart sing, that's just going to increase your burnout because you're not enjoying the things that you do, even if they are so important. And if you keep putting those things on the back burner, um, just because there are more important, less fun things to do, now you're just in this job that you view as a slog, even if you love it. And the thing that I found most helpful was taking four hours on one day and being very clear with your boss to say, listen, this isn't important, but this needs to be done and it needs to be done by me. And then saying, I'm going to go do this thing that I love now and I'm going to drop, drop a few balls. I'll handle those balls tomorrow. They're the most important ones. But for right now, I'm focusing on this thing that makes my heart sing. And that could be automation, right, Zapier? <laughs> Like it could be something that just makes life a little bit easier. Spending four hours in your community, talking to the people who are doing, who are reaping the rewards of your work, being there, being present, recognizing why you love the job that you're doing in the first place. Sometimes it's important to do the less critical thing because it's important for your heart. I, I would definitely second that. I have found like as a freelancer, even if it's not necessarily the most cost effective, there are certain things that like I'm not good at but, or they make me miserable. So I'm going to find a way to offboard those, whatever I need to do within the project to make that happen. Um, and like sometimes that results in something really fun, right? Like then you get to partner with somebody who that is in their wheelhouse or you are finding somebody else who can take all of that on and then you get to spend more of the time doing the fun things. But a big thing for me with dealing with burnout is I have a really eclectic life in general. So I have a lot of other interests that I will visit block time, throw my phone in a river, turn notifications off, and I will be out in the woods. I will be doing all the other things that I love doing because that's super important and like you know getting to a place where 
you can recognize those things that you like doing. And if you don't have any outside interests or hobbies, like go invent one, please. <laughs> Think about like go back to things that like you really enjoyed as a kid. Like that's the basics when you're starting to feel burnout. Think about some of those. Rewatch some movies you loved. Anything like that. Like the more practical action-based things you can do to start when you're feeling that burnout building joy back into your life start there if that is eating junk food that induces a stroke go for it i mean (laughs) maybe so maybe so um our next question is really about recognizing the signs of burnout but i think i think everybody has a good handle on that you know it i think you know it when you're in it you feel it that you just you just don't feel like you're functioning at 100 so i think i'd ask um and you, all of you have touched on it in some way, shape, or form. Uh, but what uh, self-care techniques do you find most effective in preventing burnout? Um, you know, Carolyn, you said you get out and get in the woods and do that kind of thing. I'm, I'm a, I, I'm walking now more than ever because of uh, the medical thing, and um, I'm a podcast listener too. I've got probably 20 podcasts in my queue to listen to, and I listen to a crap ton of them. A lot of community management ones. Um, if I if you if you have one and I'm not listening to it, send me a link and I will listen to it because I'm just that weird. Um, but yeah, so I listen to a lot of podcasts on my walk. Do you have uh, a blog that says all the ones you listen to so that we know? I do, Deb Shell. <laughs> hey, look at that. You can find that on our website, uh, cmgr.blogs. We have two posts that are pretty interesting for community managers. We have one on podcasts and we have one on newsletters. Some you will find the same people on both, which is amazing. So uh, great people putting out great content. Boy, wasn't that I hope a chaos. Pa- Thank you. You checked in the mail, Shad. Deb, yeah. We'll send you the check later. <laughs> That's okay. Um, what I was going to, I want to tag on to what you, you and Carolyn were saying, though. Um, one of the things I've practiced for um, a long t- couple of years, probably about seven years at this point, is um, getting into mindfulness and awareness around um, getting really connected to my body. And we've been talking about going for walks or being connected in nature. And I find that that's really helpful for me, like going out in the morning, um, or something like that. But like, one of the things I learned is there's a a Viktor Frankl quote, the moment, um, between stimulus and response is where you can pause. And in that pause is where we can find, and I'm going to butcher the quote, but just to say that that moment, if we can find a moment between when we're feeling burnt out and taking before we take an action and just sitting in that, what does it really feel like to feel burnt out and really diving into that feeling more of what has brought me to this moment? Because understanding what brought me to that moment is going to help me to identify the steps to move forward um, in a thoughtful way instead of <laughs> freaking out and yelling at a coworker (laughs) or, um, you know, if I lost my job, freaking out and all of a sudden applying to 70, you know, of the closest relating jobs or posts that I can, um, just having these quick reactions. And that's how 10, we, we make the worst decisions. Um, I've, I've really learned that like you can make so much better decisions when you just take that moment. So I think that, if we, if it's a practice, <laughs> but just being able to be aware of like, when you think of it, oh, I could practice 
pause for a moment, just pause, just take a breath. Even if it's just one breath, <laughs> um, those things have really, really helped make the difference between me making a good choice or a really bad choice sometimes, um, or just doing nothing and, and sitting and crying because that's what my body needed to do was just to experience the feeling. I, I have a, a fair amount to say about that as a neurodiverse person, right? Um, like I'm bipolar and ADHD. And one of the biggest issues that I have with my therapist and with my medication, especially, um, is with this ethereal notion of frustration. I, I just, I struggle to manage my emotions and I struggle to manage my ex executive, uh, executive functions when it comes to expressing those emotions, right? And fairly frequently when I end up frustrated, I don't know why. And I can go through a certain process of mindfulness, but if I'm not talking to someone about it, if I'm not processing through those emotions and letting myself feel things, I'm never going to arrive at that conclusion. So when I was a kid and I was unmedicated at the time and I had no idea what was going on, um, fairly frequently, people would just be like, why can't you just recognize that you are doing badly at this task and you are frustrated? Stop beating your head against the wall trying to finish the task. Calm down, take some time and come back later. And it took that. It just does not come natural naturally to me. It took 20 years for my neurodiverse brain to recognize that slowing down, being present in the mind, that's not something that immediately comes up. So I had to develop infrastructure. I had to create this notion of talking to other people and trusting that my environment will tell me when my brain's not working for me to aptly and properly slow down. And I think that that's really, really important. You need a support network who's willing not just to support you and say all the positive things, but to give you the negative things as well. Hey, stop doing this. You're beating your head against the wall. Step back. I'm making you step back. Yeah, it's, you know, it's funny kind of along that I got some really good advice. Uh, I don't know, like middle of last year, which was that when you feel burnout and stress, you have to counter it with an equal and opposite reaction to so basically go all physics on it. And it was really funny because this person was like, oh, go take a walk, read a book. And I was like, okay, like I've tried it, it doesn't work. And Chris, I have a feeling you and I would get along very well. Um, I'm much more of a type two, type three fun person. Um, so for me, I have to go do very stupid adventures um, <laughs> to basically counter these types of things. So like I'm doing, I'm training for my first ultra marathon this year. I'm going to Chamonix, France by myself to go do a bunch of, you know, fast packing on the TMB. I mean, you know, like those are the type of things that work for me, but it was, it was interesting. That should work I'm for really everyone. <laughs> yeah. <it's, laughs> but I feel like really exploring what actually works. And it's, and it's interesting though, because there's such a prevalence of, you know, um, it's weird to say this. People almost act like you're broken if like the normal things don't work for you. And I, I think it's interesting to kind of uh, hone in on what is the equal and opposite reaction um, for each individual person, knowing that something that works for someone else is not going to work for, for, for you and vice versa. So, um, so yeah, that, that's kind of for me. I mean, that's why I like to see all the 
stuff behind me, that's my equal and opposite reaction stuff. So <laughs> that's a whole lot of convention badges. It's a whole lot of convention badges, but then there's a whole lot of like stupid type two, type three fun stuff. So <laughs> gotta see some bibs things. Yeah. So. They're they're, For they're me, good it's very much for me, it's very much uh, motorcycles. Like nothing exhilarates yeah. me more than getting out into nature and not walking, not riding a bike, going 60 in a canyon. <laughs> I don't recommend it. It is very fun. I, I do recommend it. I don't recommend going. Don't speed, but yeah. it's fun. <laughs> All right. We've got uh, five minutes and 30 seconds left. So, um, just to change it up a little bit, we will go around and let everybody say who you are, what you do, and where you do it. But when you do that, um, let me ask you, uh, what advice would you give to someone um, in a community role uh, to prevent burnout? So who wants to go first? Say who you are, what you do, where you do it. Carolyn, go ahead. Fire away. Sure. So I'm Carolyn Zick. I am the owner of BadX Enterprises. I'm a community freelancer. Um, and currently in a role at Patreon, working with their community, which is super, super fun. Um, but my answer to that question is make sure that processes are documented. Even if you're the sole community team member right now, if you need to leave and have time away, have those processes documented. It sounds like very unsexy, but like what do people how do you boot somebody from the community and the basics like how do you do the nice things like get in there and chat how frequently are you posting what are those processes like what is your work like document it so that other members of your team have something to pick up if you need to step away from the work and that you feel good about leaving in someone else's hands you're like okay i know that the basics will be covered and that can do a lot for alleviating a feeling of burnout when you're like, I know I can't step away. Make sure that you have that's, the- That's the good too. And I would only add that if you're a solo community person and you don't have a team, make sure somebody knows how to do the very basics of your job. Yes. So that in my case, I was out of work unexpectedly for a week. And I do a post every Monday in my community that covers some very specific things for our company, you know, just any blog posts, any conversations that haven't had any discussions and, and those kinds of things, just to bring it to the community's attention. And we had, we had put in place somebody to back me up just for that one thing, just writing that post. And, um, you know, I wasn't in a great condition to talk and I just messaged him and said, Hey, can you do the post this week? And he wrote back and said, sure. What, what do you want? What, you know, is there anything you want me to, call out. I didn't answer him for two days, but he did it. He did it well without me. So, I mean, it's just because we had a process in place to, to catch that thing. Um, Chris, let's you next. So who you are, what you do, where you do it. And yeah, it sounds stressful, advice. the documentation stuff, but yes. no, it's, it's a very good point. Um, so I'm Chris Detzel and uh, I'm the director of our customer community and engagement. So I own a lot of different things at Reltio and so I have a podcast that I do with a guy uh, named Michael Burke. It's called Data Hurdles. So if you go to www.datahurdles.com, uh, we now have our ninth episode out. We're excited about that. A little different than the community management stuff like I used to do with Peers Over Beers. Doing a little bit of that still, but not as much. Um, Send me the link. And if you go to my... Huh? <laughs> Send me the yeah, link. I will, for right sure. <laughs> 
and uh, also uh, chrisdetzel.com. Uh, I do a lot of blogging um, about community management and advisory boards. And, you know, look, um, there's a lot to do as a community manager. And, you know, what I would tell you to do is, is um, you need a strategy to, to understand what you're doing so that folks understand what you're doing and why you're doing it. It needs to have business outcomes to that. Right. We all know that we have to get engaged people. The basics are building the community and engaging people and posting and things like that. That's just the basics. If you want to have real value, the real value comes from setting your strategy up for success and the business outcomes that you get from your community strategy is the key at the end of the day. And this is really the key to, to keeping your jobs. It's what I think and what I believe. So that's really it. On the documentation front, everybody knows of something that does screen recording these days, right? Mm -hmm. There's sure. a million free products. There's a million paid products. But if you don't have time to do the documentation, take 10 minutes and cut a video just to explain what you're doing and let them see what you do and how you do it. And that can be almost as good as documentation. So, I mean, just as a backup, do both, really. You should have written documentation, too, because some people hate videos. But just an easy way to get it done and quickly is just like, I'm going to walk you through how to ban somebody in the community. Click, 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 click. There Can gone. I add to that? Yeah. Um, please, 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 please. For the sake of everyone reading your standard operating procedures, do not make them bullet lists. You're not making a recipe. Content is king. Performing the action is important and you need to have the information there. Content is queen please add context to your SOPs. <laughs> not, not just the what, but maybe a little bit of the why. Yeah. Very good. Deb, do you want to go next? You're muted though. I'm still muted. Sorry. There you go. <laughs> Deb from finecomhere.com. Uh, I'm a community consultant, strategist. I have helped over 50 entrepreneurs build, launch, and grow online communities. I have a book coming out in the fall called Creator to Community Builder, which is on schedule to get published, as well as uh, I have updated my YouTube channel. Uh, if you go and search for Community uh, Strategy with Deb uh, on YouTube, I have updated that to do blog bites. So every week I do a blog post on my Medium uh, website and on LinkedIn. And then I do a little wrap up. So I'm trying to get into YouTube now because I've been really resistant to it. I'm now fully accepting it. Uh, it's well, not fully, but kind of accepting it. Um, the thing that I would suggest here, uh, feedback wise, find something to enjoy in, in every day. Uh, just something little. I had affirmation cards on my desk when I was at corporate life. Um, I would purchase affirmation cards and I would give them out to people. I would walk all over the sales floor and give them out to people. One person came up to me recently that I saw. She said, Deb, I've had that affirmation card that you gave me on my desk I, like for years. And like, so you'll never know the things that ripple out when people do something nice and when you do something nice for people. Um, and then gratitude, just being grateful just for this moment to be able to stand here and breathe, to be alive, to see the trees and the flowers bloom, just basic stuff. Those are big things when you're feeling overwhelmed. Samantha, you can go next. 
Uh, yeah, so my name is Samantha Venia Logan. I do go by Venia, and I am the online community architect. I am a consultant and I am a teacher for online communities. So what I do is I build cultural spaces for my clients and then I use them to teach the social science of community. Uh, you can find me on my YouTube channel. I'm so excited that we have so many YouTube channels going on recently. Um, super, very much a fan of that, but you can find it at, at Socially Constructed Online. And I actually just published this week, like three hours ago, an entire uh, well-researched video on imposter syndrome. And I think that the tips that I give in the imposter syndrome video are the exact same tips that I would give for burnout. Uh, and that is before you can be a community expert, before you put all of that responsibility on yourself, try to be a good community member and recognize that there's an entire environment there for you. And if you're not really too sure, uh, if you can do what's on your plate, spend a little bit of time in the community and talk to people. I think that's going to be my biggest piece of advice for you. Perfect. Jillian? Yeah, uh, so Jillian, Director of Community at Zapier. Um, just for the record, last name is Betlick. I know no one knows how to say it. It's it's a thing. I mean, literally when I like graduated from college, you get up there and they didn't know how to say my last name. They're like, Jillian. I was the only person who didn't get their last name said. It's fine. Um, anyways, you know, it's, it, I, I laugh about it now. It still happens all the time. Um, you can generally find me on LinkedIn. Um, I tend to post, I have like this little series of the community nerd articles that I like to write there. Um, just kind of something fun to do. Uh, I do have an article next week coming out about the mechanical psychology of AI, um, which I'm very excited about. There's a project I've been working on and it's been super, super fun. Um, and I think my advice, you know, this is something that took me a long time to figure out is um, when someone, whether a member, an employee, uh, someone you're working with is coming at you with a lot of emotions in your community, a lot of times it has nothing to do with you. Don't make it your problem. Don't even think about it. Uh, and you know, it's, it's funny. Like, I mean, sometimes it is your problem. Like, you know, don't, don't completely disregard, but I'd say 90% of the time, um, the emotions coming at you that add to your burnout plate are not have nothing to do with you and you don't even need to give it a second thought. So that's my advice. Very good. Uh, Serena Snowd was supposed to be with us today. Um, she couldn't make it at the last minute. She did send along a couple of resources that I'll post in the show notes. That'll be the show notes in the video, in the link in LinkedIn. And um, we convert all of this over to a podcast as well. So if you prefer a podcast, I'll put it in the show notes for that as well. Uh, you can find links to all of that stuff on cmgr.live, our homepage. Uh, you can get the podcast and you'll see the latest episodes in the whole nine yards. Thank you again to everybody that made it. I super appreciate it. I couldn't do it without you. You guys are the experts and I'm just asking questions. Uh, but I appreciate you coming. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. I don't know what the topic is of, will be, but I know that on deck somewhere down the line, we've got a AI and community talk. So maybe I'll have Jillian back. Maybe I'll get Samantha in there. And I think the spin that we're going to put on it is we're going to have AI write the description and the title and create an image for it. And we're just going to make it, maybe even ask it what questions we should answer. And we'll just turn it into an AI fest, we'll call it. Thank you again, everybody. We'll see you in a couple of weeks.